The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. Halloween is just around the corner, so visit BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Bath-O-Lantern Pumpkin Shea Butter Soap. So good, you'll want to eat it. Their Jack-O-Lantern Soap is colored and scented with real pumpkin, with the added punch of clove essential oil to make it pumpkin pie Shea Butter makes it extra luxurious. Only $6 at BubbleGenius.com. But if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Tell me, Senator... Did you nurse Catherine yourself? What? Did you breastfeed her? Now, wait a minute. Yes, I did. Toughened your nipples, didn't it? Oh, son of a bitch. Amputate a man's leg and he can still feel it tickling. Tell me, Mom, when your little girl is on the slab, where will it tickle you? Take this thing back to Baltimore. Five for ten, strongly built, about 180 pounds. Hair blonde, eyes pale blue. He'd be about 35 now. He said he lived in Philadelphia, but may have lied. That's all I can remember, Mom. But if I think of any more, I will let you know. Oh, and Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit. Happy Halloween! Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Tuesday, Rocktober 25, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. Hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. Bobby. Uh, BubbleGenius.com. The best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and Attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo. Or if you want free legal advice, head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Chess. Or you can just click the link on the podcast page. That's how easy it is. My aura there was very Bill O'Reilly. Or if you wish to opine. He says, we'll do it live. Do it live. We'll do it live. F*** it. Okay, uh, some things to talk about today. Uh, we are exactly two weeks away from uh, Election Day. Thank effing God. I'm trying to think. It, um, it can't end soon enough. I know. Um, I was thinking about this. Since we do the show, we're going to be doing the show on Tuesday, on Election Day. Um, I, I, we should do something for it, shouldn't we? I mean, I don't know. This is something that I'm just bringing up for the first Have time on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Yeah, a celebration. Something, something to end this. Uh, this what? This fifteen-month-long uh, equivalent of Negan hitting Glenn in the head with a baseball bat over and over again. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I'm thinking like, I mean, of course, I didn't bring this up off the air. We haven't had any conversations along these lines, but I was thinking, that, God, there's got to be something we can do to commemorate the fact that our long national nightmare will be over Honestly, at that point. Honestly, I would, I would suggest that we just hold each other and cry <laughs> for an hour. Well, that's normally what we do. That's I mean, what would we do for a change? That's, that's the question. That's the big question. I don't know. I mean, I was thinking... Responding controllably. 
You know, it's it's occasions like that where I, I sometimes go, hey, you know what? We should break out Facebook Live and do something with video. And then I go, nah, video. No, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> no video. Just in our underwear. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the problem. I, I mean, I'm literally. Literally. I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I am not presentable for uh, for video. And, yeah, and I mean, we could do like a whole thing where we get tuxes and everything and we dress up almost like uh, it's like an anniversary show. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's anything special we could do other than to just doing the show normally. We could um, do. We could do pretend uh, election coverage where uh, you can be Chris Matthews and I'll be Mark Halpern. <laughs> right. Um, well, so be, I mean, before we get to election day, before we put the cart before the horse, before we get happy and all of the nine yards, um, we should go over the latest polls. Uh, there's some kind of bad news, and there's obviously a lot of good news. And the, and the kind of bad news is, weirdly, Trump has gained a couple of points nationally, although I wouldn't be overly concerned about any national polls at this point. I think with two weeks to go, you, you remain laser-focused on the state-level polls. The national polls are just kind of something to gauge where maybe generally people are, are, are leaning. Right. But in that regard, it kind of irritates me, knowing what we know about Donald Trump, knowing what we know about Donald Trump's people, knowing what we know in terms of all of the horrible, horrible things he said. And we'll get to see a few of those things because we have an, a master list of all the people that Trump has insulted on Twitter since starting his, uh, his candidacy for president. But knowing all of that, for some reason... Trump has gained a, f- a few points in-, in the national polls. This is according to NBC News Survey Monkey, which is my, my favorite pollster, Survey Monkey. Um, Clinton's lead over Trump has dropped slightly from last week's tracking poll when she led Trump by eight points in a two way race, 51 Trump to 43. Trump Mantum, that's right. <laughs> so he's gone from. Well, uh, you, know what? you know what? I make a joke about it, but, yeah. but honestly, that this is why I wish the election were today or in two days. Oh, yeah. Because. The way it works now is this thing is a, I mean, Jesus, this, this is two weeks is an eternity. Oh yeah. I stand by the idea that elections are now like musical chairs mm. because if anything can happen that would, that, that will, because the narrative tends to go back and forth. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, and we're just about ready for a new, for a new Trump surge narrative. That's right. And, and you know, this is sort of illustrative of something I've said. And again, he's only gained one point, And this is in one poll, the survey right. monkey poll. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that in the absence of big bombshell Trump stories, Trump's numbers actually climb. It's, it's actually kind of uh, disturbing and amazing to watch at the same time. I mean, we've, we've talked about this a couple times before, but in that span of time between the con story where he actually laid into this Gold Star family uh, following the conventions, between that scandal and the first debate, Trump was actually gaining and Hillary that's, Clinton's numbers were declining. Well, that's because that's because Trump becomes normalized. Yeah. And that's yeah, and that, and that's a major major problem. Or in the absence of any Trump news whatsoever, any breaking big Trump stories, people tend to go, well, maybe that guy. And right. and then so <laughs> Hillary Clinton's numbers go down, his numbers go up. So you know we we're seeing a little bit of that. I'm looking at the poll tracker chart on Talking Points Memo, and I'm seeing his red line shooting upwards on an upward slope, and I see Hillary Clinton's blue line on kind of a downward slope. This is my <laughs> extraordinarily simplistic view of the polls, but I'm just looking right. visually at this and going, 
How, who the hell is doing this? Who is who is monkeying with Survey Monkey? <laughs> Who's screwing with the polls, allowing him to go up that high? When you add the third party candidates, by the way, uh, Clinton leads Trump by just five points. Right. In Tuesday's poll, 46 to 41. Yeah, I did notice that. But I mean, again, I think you're right. I think I think that for the most part, it's now the it's now the state polls that matter most. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I'm not overly and, concerned and I do about think, this. I do think that the Clinton campaign is smart enough yeah. to have saved whatever really, you know, really vicious opposition research they have left for maybe the end run here. Yeah. Um, and that and I think they're smart enough not to let not to relent on on letting him destroy himself that's right just pounding him so well that was a little bit of slightly bad news but more of sort of an observational thing like how the hell is he actually improving his numbers given everything that has occurred so far the the, the improvement is minor and not even really worth mentioning but i but only in the context of this weird phenomenon where he tends to do better in the absence of negative stories. And that doesn't happen. I mean, that's that's kind of a, a unique phenomenon to the Republicans. The Republican candidates always tend to behave that way, or at least their numbers do. But I mean, I want to get to uh, this number, uh, the set of numbers from the, the latest Monmouth poll coming out of Arizona. Uh, Clinton is only one point behind Donald Trump in Arizona. 46, 45. Clinton, and this is the important thing coming out of this latest Monmouth poll. This is via uh, Greg Sargent. Uh, Clinton is leading 52 to 42 in early voting. That's great. That is unbelievable. That that indicates to me that something is afoot that the polls haven't quite grasped. You know, Kellyanne so Conway. They have, so they have exit polling. Yeah. And, and, oh, it's good. I'm glad. And Kellyanne Con- Conway, by the way, has been talking about this uh, phenomenon of hidden Trump voters. It's, oh, yeah, right. The hidden Trump voters are certainly not voting early. That's for sure. No. Because all of the early voting is showing a, a Hillary lead. There, uh, there are not there are not hidden Trump voters. That's a bunch of shit. I've seen people yeah. try to say that on Facebook, and it's just, it's laughable. It is genuinely, genuinely laughable. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's the whole silent majority myth. Like, there, there are some mysterious people out there who are not or refusing at least to tell pollsters that they're uh, supporting Donald Trump and then they go into the the polling place and they they pull the lever for Donald Trump which is and, and kind you know, of a the weird thing to keep in mind the thing to keep in mind about Trump is that as expected his the beautiful thing about him for Clinton is that his his uh failure breeds more failure Okay. He's one of those guys who, since he can't handle failure gracefully, <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't know how to regroup, and he doesn't know how to bring himself back, and all he does is lash out when he starts losing like a child, mm-hmm. That's to put him in that position is the easiest way to continue that position. Right. Well, he, I mean, here's the, the good news out of all of this, is that, um, again, fast-forwarding two weeks to election night, we're going to have a pretty solid sense in terms of who's going to win the election fairly early on. I mean, when the polls close in the east, that's when we'll kind of know. When yeah, they I have, so. yeah, I mean, when they have Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, and Pennsylvania called for uh, hopefully Hillary Clinton, then we're going to know that's going to be it. The the, the night will be oh, yeah. over, and, th- and yeah, that's- that'll if she if she pulls all of those states, then she then she's going to run the board. Yeah, and that's when we break out the popcorn to observe the Trump supporters freaking out. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, that's one thing. I mean, as long as there's no violence, I'm going to kind of enjoy watching them. <laughs> oh, I'm going to totally enjoy it. it. Although, although I'm afraid because I do think yeah. there will be violence. I, I think uh, there will be. Too. Do. I think there will be violence. I think there'll be, uh, uh, I mean, people just having nervous breakdowns, the whole nine yards. I mean, they are really, really devoted to this, uh, this clown. And, uh, oh, by the way, I just noticed on Nate Silver, uh, according to the now cast, uh, Iowa has just slipped back into the Trump category. <laughs> you know, you got to go. I mean, once again, going back to my original thesis, how the hell is this happening? Where in the absence of big major Trump stories, he tends to climb back into into control. Well, there, the thing is, there are still lots of big major Trump stories. The foreign donor story is genuinely incredible. Oh, yeah. But but the problem is the problem is that it, it just after a while, people become numb to it. Yep. That's the reason why Trump's sex scandal was such a big deal, mm-hmm. because it came out of nowhere and it dropped like a bomb. Yeah. And of course, something like that is is obviously and, and far beyond just a normal sex scandal. This right. was and like, that, But that's also the reason why why nobody gives a flying well, for nobody cared to begin with. But nobody gives a flying shit about WikiLeaks or the fucking Podesta. Email. <laughs> that's right. Because it's because the the very fact that there is a a hashtag on on uh, uh, Twitter that is uh, let's see what it is today. It's Podesta emails eighteen. The very fact that there is an eighteen there tells you nobody gives a crap anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Podesta because emails eighteen. Because after a while, 18. it's kind of like it's kind of like what Greenwald did with Snowden. He tried really hard to sort of you know I'm going to put out just a little bit at a time so it keeps people's interest. Except that actually it doesn't. Yeah. Because what happens is people just go, oh, it's another episode of that show. Well, you know, it gets really frustrating observing uh, some of this news coming down. There was a story on on Breitbart about how a uh, a left wing activist was colluding with Breitbart. Oh no. It was actually not a story on Breitbart. It was a story about Breitbart uh, in Politico about how a left-wing activist was teaming up with Breitbart in order to disrupt Trump rallies. It was, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Marco Rubio rallies. And and this left-wing activist was dressing up like a robot. And remember the robot meme with Rubio, how he would say the same talking points over and over again. And and that was a story. And, And what... What's bothering me mainly about the reporting on the Podesta emails, at least in social media, I'm not talking because it's really not getting much coverage on cable news and the traditional political press. But, um, you know, on social media, hearing about this stuff, you know, it's like, doesn't anyone read? Doesn't anyone? I mean, just open an eighth grade level U.S. government book, open a a book about politics 101, and you'll find that this is the sort of thing. Sometimes things get discussed in the sausage making process, things get done in the sausage making process, and they've been done that way and said that way since the beginning of the Republic. But among people who don't know anything about politics, this is somehow new and unusual and scandalous. Right. And that's the prism through which all of this is being shoved. And it's driving me bananas. I just wish someone would look and find out that, yeah, you know what? This happens sometimes. Sometimes people go and they disrupt campaigns by dressing up as a funny character. This is the, I mean, the West Wing covered this right. famously in one of their episodes during the uh, during the final couple of seasons. There was a whole storyline about a guy from the one campaign dressing up like a chicken and going and infiltrating the the the, the rallies of the other campaign to kind of goad them into uh, having a debate. And there were two chicken to be in the debate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is stuff that that's been going on for hundreds of years, literally in American politics, literally, and and they don't get it, and they're just like, oh my god. You know, a guy dressed as a robot and went to Marco Rubio rallies. Holy hell. <laughs> Call my mom. There's something seriously afoot here. Yeah. You know, this is bullshit. It's just utter lack of education and ignorance. And, and granted, I, I do like the idea 
that there are a lot of uh, newbies in, in, in the process. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I remember first beginning to cover politics in my high school years and having endless discussions. This is the late 80s, having endless discussions about how apathetic people are to the process. And then you fast forward, uh, you know, 25 years and and everyone is involved now. <laughs> I mean, there isn't. I mean, you can't you can't go around saying maybe in terms of the. Uh, Voter turnout, but I mean overall, right. in terms of the the conversations and the participation on social media and online, the the participation is over the top. So that is absolutely a good thing. I just wish they would read something instead of just turning every normal thing in politics into a major major scandal that drives me up a wall. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing they don't seem to understand that. Look, politics means compromise. Politics means getting dirty once in a while. This is what it is. That's just how the yeah. game's played. But if you're if you're an asshole who demands 100 percent purity, then <laughs> yeah. you're going to be very unhappy and you're always going to find something to bitch about. Well, we're going to take a, uh, a short break. And when we come back, uh, there's new audio that just dropped today. And it's if this isn't made into maybe the best Hillary ad uh, since that body image one with the little girls looking in the uh, mirror, mm. this this new ad, if they do, if they actually use this audio to make an ad. It'll be one of the greatest political ads ever made. We're going to have that audio after this short break back uh, after this. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra and it helps support the show and if you run a small business and source your materials from amazon make sure to use the link for all your purchases and don't forget to bookmark it thanks so much for supporting the show and our amazon link Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our big Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us. All right, this may be the most scandalous Trump audio since the... uh, Since two weeks ago. Since two weeks ago. Since yesterday, maybe. Since two hours ago. Uh, Gotta play this. I'm just going to dive in, and I'm not even going to set it up. This is uh, the latest clip of audio to drop from... uh, Donald Trump. The, the problem is, I guess the only setup I'll add is this was from uh, 2008. I think she's going to go down at a minimum as a great senator. I think she is a great wife to a president. Uh, and I think Bill Clinton was a great president. You know, you look at the country then. The economy was doing great. <laughs> look at what happened during the Clinton years. I mean, we had no war. The economy was doing great. Everybody was happy. A lot of people hated him because they were jealous as hell. You know, people get jealous and they hate you. People don't like him because they're jealous of him. But Bill Clinton was a great president. I mean, I hope we can be so lucky in terms of the economy and in terms of other aspects. I mean, we weren't in wars with two nations. I'm not blaming Afghanistan, by the way, is probably a place that we should be. Iraq, we shouldn't be. Uh, Bill Clinton was a great president. Hillary Clinton is a great woman and a good woman. (laughs) You said of Hillary... I'm going to stop this right here. There's more to come. It's just beautiful. (laughs) It it really is just gorgeous. I mean, that's... Yeah, there's your your big... uh, 
I mean, I would just flood. I would flood, flood, flood the airwaves with that. Yeah, I mean, I was reading a suggestion online. But this is an interview uh, with Donald Trump from 2008, just out, out after the primaries. And he's talking about Hillary Clinton. In a, in a few seconds here, he's going to be talking about how Hillary Clinton was treated unfairly during the primaries and, and kind of brutalized, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The major, major Donald Trump endorsement of Hillary Clinton and, for that matter, Bill Clinton. And, uh, and, and I've been hearing uh, off and on that what Hillary should do is take this audio, cut it into maybe three different ads, and flood Fox News Channel with it. Just Absolutely. buy as much time on Fox News Channel as human. Fox News Channel and AM Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. Just saturate it all over the. Donald Trump praising Hillary Clinton, saying she's a great woman, uh, that there was peace and prosperity during the 90s, and uh, and we're going to hear here in a second about how she was treated unfairly and how she's going to go down in history as a great senator, et cetera, et cetera. Here's more of Donald Trump praising Hillary Clinton in 2008. Why do you say that? I thought that they roughed her up pretty good. I, I think she's a wonderful woman. I think that she's a little bit misunderstood. You know, Hillary's a very <laughs> smart woman, very Amazing. tough woman. That's yes. fine. But she's also a very nice person. <laughs> And amazing. I know I know it's amazing. She's, God, a, it's great. she's a nice person. It's the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Good God. He keeps going on and on and on. Hillary and I know her husband very well. They're fine people. I thought and, you know, part of that is a rough political battle. I thought she was roughed up. I thought she and I'm not knocking the other side. You know, you want to win a battle. So if it gets a little bit nasty, it is politics and politics is a tough game. But I go. thought yeah. she was perhaps unnecessarily roughed up. She took some pretty hard hits yeah it is there it is thing right there and then uh 2011 rolled around and donald trump noticed that barack obama was making fun of him to his face at the white house correspondence dinner um meanwhile plotting to kill bin laden behind the scenes <laughs> so i mean right. that was a momentous night uh, i think we talked was. about this before. such a beautiful thing yeah i mean that night in uh, in early 2011 when uh, barack obama appeared at the white house correspondence dinner with donald trump in attendance and just ripped donald trump to shreds and then uh, obama went back to the situation room killed bin laden Yep. <laughs> I mean, uh, all in one night, he motivated Donald Trump to run for president in 2016, eventually, and then uh, also killed bin Laden. That was, uh, you want to talk yeah. about a, a crossroads in American history? There is one right there, right there. But of course, Donald Trump, <laughs> before that, thought Hillary Clinton was the greatest thing, and that she was roughed up by the uh, Obama campaign. And that is just politics, you know, it's what happens in yep. politics. <laughs> So, so beautiful. So, so, so beautiful. That was, uh, by the way, that was via Josh Jordan on, on Twitter. I don't know if that's anywhere else except this guy's Twitter feed. But anyway. Uh, okay. So here, uh, the other big uh, story the last uh, 24 hours or so is the New York Times released uh, the list of 282 places and things, people, places and things that Donald Trump has insulted on Twitter. It's amazing. It's just it's just incredible. <laughs> I just love I love skimming through this list. Like for example, yeah. one of the first names you land on right in the middle at toward the top is Willie Geist from uh, yeah. MSNBC. The the quote that Trump wrote about Willie Geist was he's uncomfortable looking. Uncomfortable looking. I love that. <laughs> uncomfortable but looking. But I love to read the the number of times you count the word fail. Failing, <laughs> right. failure, fail, they're failing, you fail, you know. Yeah, let's see how many times fail appears here. Oh, 115 times. There you go. <laughs> Either fail or failed or fails. Yep. There's also failing. Yep. 
115 times in this list. So we have, uh, let's see, Democratic presidential candidates, Lincoln Chafee. Can anyone imagine Chafee as president? No way. Uh, there's Hillary Clinton. Uh, there's lots of crooked or crooked. You notice that uh, he stopped referring to her as, as crooked Hillary and just calling her crooked. Yeah. So, uh, cro- crooked's ads are lying and they're full of lies. Someone should tell crooked to stop lying about me. He just yeah. completely dropped Hillary's name out of the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is crooked. Um, there's Ben. Car- we said about Ben Carson here. Incapable of understanding foreign policy. He's very weak on illegal immigration. Many lies by Ben Carson. Pyramids built for grain storage. Don't people get it? Very weak on illegal immigration. Has never created a job in his life. Well, maybe a, a nurse. <laughs> very oh, weak on. And then again, very weak on Ill- illegal immigration. Sad, 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 sad. Glenn Beck. Endorsement means nothing. Dumb as a rock. Crying. Lost all credibility. Failing. Irrelevant. Wacko. Failing. Crying. Lost soul. Sad. Has zero credibility. Very dumb and failing. Irrelevant. Mental basket case. Irrelevant. Uh, Viewers and ratings are way down. That's one of Trump's favorite. Just ripping on people's ratings. Because because again, failing. That's that's the thing. The way that he... The way that he... uh, uh, promotes his own success is by calling its game theories by yeah. calling everybody else a failure or a zero sum rather that's a better better way of putting it yeah and you know once again hats off to lawrence o'donnell at msnbc last night he was interviewing i forget exactly who he was interviewing some uh trump author and uh and he scrolled all the names of the various people that donald trump uh, people places and things that donald trump has made fun of or insulted on twitter just basically compiling this list and it just went on and on and yeah. on Here's uh, uh, Frank Luntz. (laughs) Donald Trump referred to Frank Luntz as a total clown, a clown. Where did you find that dumb panel? A low-class slob. Knows nothing about me or my religion. I wonder what that was all about. Came to my office looking for work. Yeah, that's the that's another thing. He he loves he because you have to grovel before Trump. That's so right. it has to be. You know what? The, he he used to he came to me one time and uh, you know came to me one time and he asked for money. He asked for work. He asked for something. That's another way that Trump builds himself up. Yeah, <laughs> and by the people come to him for things. Going back to our uh, original point of discussion with with the word fail, I think the biggest concentration of the word fail is under the heading for the New York Times. Oh, of course. Just write whatever they want to write, making up sources along the way. Don't even call us anymore. Failing, failing, failing. Dishonest. (laughs) Irresponsible intent. Failing. Really disgusting. A laughingstock rag. Willing to say nothing. Has gone nuts. Failing, failing, seriously (laughs) failing. uh, Here's failing again. Failing, 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 failing. I'm reading all the times that it actually actually called the New York Times failing. Failing, 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 a fraud, failing, failing, <laughs> uh, let's see, failing, failing, failing paper, failing, 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 failing. <laughs> this is uh, this is a fantastic, fantastic historical document. It really is. Mitt Romney, really sad, choked like a dog, a mixed up man who doesn't have a clue. No wonder he lost. Failed. The man who choked and let us all down. Failed presidential candidate. Failed presidential candidate. Again, failed. Uh, I, I don't need his angry advice. Blew an election that should never have been lost. Terrible choke lost to Obama. He choked. Lost an election that should have easily been won. Why would anybody listen to Mitt Romney? Uh, Paul Ryan does zilch. 
doesn't know how to win, always fighting the Republican nominee, very weak, ineffective, disloyal. <laughs> Jesus God. Yeah. This is just, uh, this is endlessly classic. Uh, let me see who else. I mean, he goes after everyone from uh, the Detroit Register to the IRS. Oh, to here's Macy's. He's attacking Macy's. Oh, yeah, for Ma- uh, disloyal. Yeah, Macy's. very disloyal company. One of the worst performing stocks. Don't shop there for Christmas. Disloyal. Very disloyal to me. Racial profiling. There are far better stores. No, <laughs> no guts, no glory. Macy's stores suck, and they were bad for the USA. Jesus, I swear. <laughs> no guts, no glory. Wow, I hear the thousands of people are cutting up their Macy's credit card. Terrible. You know, it's fascinating to think because even he has said that he he doesn't he returns fire. He doesn't punch first. He yeah. loves to say that. So just imagine. I want you to look at knowing that knowing knowing that he says he he punches back. He's a counterpuncher. Yeah, that's the that's the word he used. Counterpuncher. That's right. I want you to look at that and think about how many times he believes. He has been punched. How oh, yeah. many times he believes he has been wronged? Right, right. That's just it. I mean, his whole campaign is about grievances. Yeah, it's nothing but grievances. I mean, his the Gettysburg Address thing that he gave was hysterical. Yeah. Where he gets up there and instead, like, he's supposed to talk about his first hundred days and, like, it's supposed to be about real policy. <laughs> and, like, and he just starts talking about how he's going to sue the women who accused him because they're all liars. That's right. So classy of him. So appropriate. He's, he arrives at Gettysburg. It's a, it's one of the most historic locations in the United States. He's there. He's ready to deliver a policy speech. And it's just him bitching about more grievances. I have grievances. Yeah. He's like grievances followed by the feats of strength here. Here he refers to the electoral process. This is how Donald Trump talks about the electoral process in the United States of America. Rigged, 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 allowed crooked Hillary to get away with murder. Rigged, rigged, very, very unfair. Rigged, totally rigged and corrupt, totally rigged and corrupt. Right. Because he can't because he can't lose. He can't lose. If he loses, his entire brand dies. So the only way that he can survive is to say that he basically turned himself into a martyr. Oh, my God. He was God. a victim of a corrupt system. Yeah. Uh, by the way, these are all things that he's done and, and written on Twitter since he's been running for president so at one point while running for president he went off on the abandoned dunes golf resort called it a toy by comparison he went off on uh the bias free language guide referred to as an, an outrage wow marco rubio bought and paid for by lobbyists will never make america great again that was one of his insults <laughs> insults against rubio will never make america great again worst voting record of the u.s in many years Lightweight, lightweight, dishonest. He's a scamming. He is scamming Florida. Dishonest, lightweight, fraud, lightweight, big loser. (laughs) Lightweight, failed presidential candidate. Rubio puts out ad that uh, my pilot was a drug dealer. Not true. Not my pilot. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of my my driver. My driver was the one who was doing (laughs) right. That reminds me of maybe my favorite Trump line to come out of the entire election. Of course, I think my favorite, my absolute number one favorite, continues to be uh, Trump having the best words. I know words. I have the best words. But I think in that third and final debate, and he de- he blurts out, "No puppet, no puppet. You're the puppet." Yeah. It's not so much the "you're the puppet." It's the repeating line, "No puppet." Right, which makes no sense. Which is just ridiculous. <laughs> it it's no like it's sense. like it's like he's a, it's like he's short circuited. <laughs> That's right. No puppet. No puppet. Yeah, he's he's suddenly turned into nomad. You know, Kirk has outsmarted him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Nomad must sterilize. Uh, I got to no hear puppet, no puppet. You have to indulge me. I got to listen to the no puppet moment again here. Putin, wait, wait. From everything I see has no respect for this person. Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet as president of no the puppet, United States. No puppet. And it's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty. <laughs> no puppet. No puppet. You're the puppet. You're the puppet. You're the puppet. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I just love this crap. Uh, oh, look at this. Brit Hume. He referred to Brit Hume from Fox News Channel as a dope and a know nothing. Ariana Huffington. A About that, he's kind of right. <laughs> yeah. A dummy and a liberal clown. Hugh Hewitt. Just a third rate gotcha guy. Very low ratings. You know what's so funny about this, and this is a this is a pretty big phenomenon that I haven't seen anyone kind of document yet, online or elsewhere, is the idea of people who are insulted uh, publicly by Donald Trump turning around and actually praising him. If Donald Trump went after me online like that and referred to me like he did with Hugh Hewitt here, uh, saying he's a third-rate gotcha guy and very very low ratings, yeah. I would never positively praise Donald Trump after that. I, I would right, have no, a exactly. I mean, no, exactly. I mean, and that's but that's been the whole that's been part of his dominance ritual, oh, shit. you know, is that he humiliates you. Yeah. And and then he you know, and that that's why it was so why, you know, it was so gratifying for him when Ted Cruz came around because Trump spent so long humiliating him. Yeah. Uh, Cruz took a stand and then Cruz finally eventually got down on his knees where he belongs. Exactly. Jesus. Oh, and by the way, one last one last one before we uh, take a break here. Mark Halperin. He referred to Mark Halperin as sleepy eyes. (laughs) Doesn't have a natural instinct for politics, but I love the sleepy eyes one. But here, my only issue, here's my only issue with this this list. And uh, you can probably guess what it might be. My only issue with this list is that I'm not on it. And that, I know. And, I know. I was just not thinking that it's a, it's a shame because it really does seem like just about anybody can provoke a reaction from him. That's right. And there, there's still two weeks to go. I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna troll Trump, and I'm gonna try it like hell to make sure that he uh, adds me to his insult list. <laughs> I just. I really want that to happen. I don't care if he calls me sleepy eyes. I mean, I'm really looking for failed, fail yeah. or failed or fails, failing maybe that. Week, I'd love to hear that one, too. All right, we're going to take a, a, a break and come back with more show right after this. Okay, let's talk about supporting independent media. For only $1 a month, you can help finance The Bob and Chez Show at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's 12 cents per show. Go now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez. And sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month, or whatever you can afford. If you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get special Patreon-only shows like our post-mortem wrap-up show, the Not Safe for Work after-party show, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of the free Tuesday and Thursday shows. Most of all, you'll be supporting a totally independent podcast not affiliated with corporate media. And if we reach our $7,500 per month goal, we'll bring you new shows five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Obama! Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. All right, here's what you got to do. We uh, we only have, uh, what, 
Six days left in, in the month of October. Get your ass over to the Amazon link. Click that Amazon link. Go to Amazon.com. Do a bunch of shopping, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. Plus, if you see the Amazon Prime banner at BobSeska.com, make sure to click that, too, and you get a free, free trial of Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a 30-day free trial, in fact. Get free two-day shipping, enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30-minute early access to select Amazon Lightning deals. Going through it, all right? Okay, um, this was uh, funny to me. Jimmy Kimmel does this uh, mean tweets bit on his show all the time. It is effing hilarious. It's one of the best bits that he does, with really a trademark of the yeah, Jimmy Kimmel show. it is very funny. Uh, he did one with Obama last night, with Obama reading mean tweets. Here's Obama reading a mean tweet from uh, Donald Trump. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, moving along here, that was a great moment uh, with Barack Obama. And I'm just I'm really, really one of the things I'm really enjoying the most about these uh, later days of the uh, the 2016 election is the fact that uh, that Obama's approval ratings keep going up and up and up right now. He's at 57 percent, which is tied with uh, Bill Clinton. Actually, Bill Clinton's approval rating at this point in time in Bill Clinton's presidency was also 57 percent. This is higher than uh, Reagan. This is higher than George uh, H.W. Bush. This is higher than uh, George W. Bush. Bush at this point in their president. Well, George H.W. Bush only served one term, but it was the same sort of thing. Right. Uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm loving watching Obama with the wind in his sails, ripping Donald Trump to shreds every time he gets on the stump. It is a right. beautiful thing to watch. And I'm just I'm hoping he'll do a little bit more of that. Um, and then also, uh, just by way of uh, some rumors floating around the internets, um, I've heard through some semi-reliable sources that the the idea of Michelle Obama running for Senate is becoming a serious thing. It should, like it might actually happening, be happening. And and you know, it was funny because I was thinking about this uh, prior to hearing this news. I know we've we've kind of theorized that it'd be great if Michelle Obama ran for something, but now that it's actually kind of a thing. I've been thinking about who comes next. I mean, I had this weirdly, I had this conversation with Lee Stranahan eight years ago. Who is going to be the next Obama? Who is going to come after Obama that will be uh, uh, transformational, historic, a uh, big name, et cetera? Turns out it was Hillary Clinton. Right. Who's going to come after Hillary Clinton? Well, the standard really has been set by the Democratic Party at this point. It needs to be. I mean, I hate to put it in these terms, but for lack of a better term, needs to be a rock star. Like, who is who is a big enough name to come after Hillary Clinton that will rise to that level? It's not going to be. I'm sorry. I know. I like Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine's a great guy. He's going to be a great vice president. He's that uh, congenial dad-like character. He's sort right. of the goofy dad, uh, kind of like Joe Biden was, in fact. Um, but I didn't. Yeah, I, but I love Biden. Yeah, but I, but I never I never thought Biden was presidential material. 
Um, just because he's he's a little bit too I don't know he's a little bit too Biden at the presidential level he's not he's Diamond Joe man he's di- that's right he's Diamond Joe and 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 he's been a great vice president I think uh, uh, Joe Biden has been one of the, like, the most influential I don't think vice presidents closest advisors to decide whether to buy Scorpions tickets. <laughs> Exactly. Telling you, man, if nothing That's else, right. Biden has been worth it. If nothing else, just for the onion. Oh yeah, just what the onion has spent eight years doing with him. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, Joe Biden has been really good for uh, for for gaffes too, like this one. Thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor, or Dr. Paper, and thank you, <laughs> Chancellor. Even call centers, even this. call centers, which rushed overseas in the hundreds of thousands. How many times you get the call? I'd like to talk to you about your. Credit card. There it is. <laughs> moment when his brain says, "Stop now." This <laughs> is Doctor Doctor Pepper. I mean, uh, Doctor Paper. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the whole point being that I, I don't see. Uh, I think he'll be too old at the time anyway. But I don't see Joe Biden uh, being that rock star character to come after Hillary Clinton. I I, I don't see Tim Kaine being that character either. Um, he just doesn't have God, and I hate this word, but I got to use it. The, neither of them have the gravitas to to follow these two democratic right. characters. And again, the standard has been raised so high. Whoever comes along in in twenty twenty four, believe it or not, if Hillary Clinton serves two terms, the next Democratic president will have a shot in twenty twenty four, and that's a lot of time for someone to emerge. So I'll grant that. Maybe it's one of the Castro brothers. I don't know. <laughs> Of course, every time I, I say the Castro brothers, I think of the Diaz brothers from Scarface. Right. But but regardless, f- the fucking Diaz brothers, f- the fucking Diaz brothers. I bear those cockroaches. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so it, it could be the Castro brothers. It, it uh, It's not going to be Elizabeth Warren. It, it really. I mean, I think Bernie Sanders is going to be too old <laughs> in eight years. Uh, so who's it going to be? And the only one I can really pinpoint at this point, and again, there's a lot of time still for someone to emerge, but it's Michelle Obama. And I know there's going to be all of the screaming and garment rending about dynasties. Dynasties. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is true that you don't want the United States to turn into just, you know, three or four families and just everybody re-upping after a few years. That's right. But I mean, it's the fact of the matter is, is that as much as American, the American people bitch about that kind of thing. They still vote for the, the dynasties, and they always have, going back to the beginning of the the nation. I mean, it's always been there's all. I mean, whether it's the Adams, uh, John Adams, and John Quincy Adams. Well, I mean, all those, a lot of those figures that came out of the Revolutionary Era were all related in some way. I don't know what that says about the founders. That's only because there weren't that many people here to fuck. <laughs> that's exactly true, and uh, and so it's something that we've always done. It's like we always talk about how you know throw the bums out, drain the swamp, whatever you, you vote against the incumbent. But as soon as we get into a voting booth, we all vote for incumbents. That's just what people do. I mean, on, uh, obviously, that's not a, the case across the board. But generally speaking, we still vote right. for incumbents. Oh, and by the way, uh, special announcement. I just keep doing this as a public service for any Trump supporters that might be watching the show. This is uh, here's Donald Trump. Make sure you get out and vote November 28th. All right. One last break and we'll wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. 
We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. Thank you for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Thank you for doing that. Really appreciate it. Okay, sir. Yeah, it's a great album. It is. Uh, Okay. Baker Street is still one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah, and, and not only... Not only that, but there's a great Foo Fighters cover of Baker Street, too. Yeah, there is. Yeah, they did a very nice cover of it. I don't think it's on any album, but it's really, really great. Um, Okay, so Kellyanne Conway scolded Donald Trump for sounding like a loser. Um, This is kind of funny. There's a weird, weird passive aggressiveness coming from Kellyanne Conway. And I, I think there might be a reason for it that goes beyond just her being the campaign manager and trying to guide him toward a victory. I think there's something extra going on here, but I want to read this story first. Kellyanne Conway is doing her best to keep Donald Trump's campaign message positive in the final days of the 2016 election. In a CNN profile out Monday, Trump's campaign manager described her efforts to get her candidate to keep up a sunny outlook and avoid distracting tangents. She said, quote, good luck with that. (laughs) She said to Donald Trump, you and I are in a fight for the next 17 days. Conway said to uh, Trump on the campaign plane after he diverted from a planned Saturday speech in Gettysburg, as he said, Jess. Uh, to threaten lawsuits against women who have accused him of sexual harassment. When Trump asked why, Conway said, quote, because I know you're going to win, and that comment you just made sounds like you think you're going to lose, and we're going to argue about it until you win. She's basically talking to him like he's a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stop stop pretending you're going to win, or stop pretending you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're going to lose. You're going, Donald, Donnie's going to win. <laughs> That's right. But you can't, you're not, you don't sound like you're going to win. Here's the, here's the thing about this weird relationship between Kelly and Conway. And and by the way, I just got to throw this in again, just to reinforce. She creeps me out. She's like a, at some sort of weird Android. She's like a talking points Android. She can, she can pivot any topic back to whatever the hell it is that she wants to say about Hillary Clinton. This is very true. I mean, she'll take one thing like uh, uh, an interviewer ask her, well, like, what about uh, Donald Trump groping all of these women and and ogling underage girls? And and she'll say, well, you know what? I want to talk about Hillary Clinton ogling the U.S. economy and groping the U.S. economy because I don't think Hillary Clinton's financial and economic policies. It's it's the SNL sketch. Yeah, absolutely. She's able to take anything and pivot back to why Hillary Clinton is bad for America. And she's kind of a genius when it comes, an evil genius when it comes to that crap. But here's the thing about the relationship between Kellyanne Conway and Donald Trump. When this election is over and Donald Trump very likely loses the election, he is going to rip her to shreds. I mean, he he's, probably will. He's, he's going to he's going to rip all of them. Yeah, except for Steve Bannon. I still believe he's going to go into business with Steve Bannon. That's why, yeah. And Steve Bannon has been keeping a low public profile. 
So it's uh, really difficult for Trump's people to get on board with Steve Bannon being a f up. Instead, it's very easy to say Kellyanne Conway, one, because she's a woman. And of course, the, the Trump people um, have, <laughs> have very little regard for women, even the women who support Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the women going around with the T-shirts that say uh, Donald Trump can feel free to grope me or, yeah, or grab my with an terrifying. arrow pointing. Yeah, it's horrifying stuff. So because Kellyanne Conway is so out in the forefront of all of this, she's basically apart from Donald Trump, Kellyanne Conway is the public face of the Trump campaign. And so it's going to be very easy for Donald Trump to say, you know what? She was out there. She was saying all the wrong things. I was trying to tell her that this is how I want to talk on the stump and to stop making excuses for why I'm not uh, do, using more teleprompter speeches and doing more policy. And he's going to lay the blame uh, partly on her, because what we know is that Donald Trump will relitigate this campaign, relitigate everything. Think about I want you to you know what you just said something miraculous. Think about that for a moment. I want you to think of I want you to think of how Trump hasn't been able to let go of Rosie O'Donnell insulting him. Oh yeah, and that goes so back. So imagine for a moment if you will what it's going what this entire campaign, what his loss if yeah. he indeed loses, which I pray he does, what that's going to be like for forever in Trump's mind. That's Trump right. is going to go mad. Yeah. Mad. I, I mean reliving he, this Right. And if we look at this uh, this list of all of the people and places and things that Donald Trump has insulted while running for president, a lot of them go back even before. I mean, they're, they're, first of all, they're completely irrelevant when it comes to the presidential campaign. And a lot of them have to do with characters who were in Trump's life in some way long before he started to run sure, for it's president. It's just these petty little feuds. Yeah. <laughs> He said, refer, he, he was talking about Ronda Rousey, who's that uh, mixed martial artist. He referred to Ronda Rousey as not a nice person. John Boy, Oliver. There is nothing I would enjoy more than watching Ronda Rousey beat him into the fucking ground. <laughs> Neil, there is nothing I would love more than that. So, I mean, this is all to say that, uh, that no one is going to be immune from Donald Trump's wrath after this election is over. Donald no. Trump is going to blame everyone surrounding him. Um, except and, himself, except he himself, He's and capable of blaming himself, and and maybe Steve Bannon, because I think rank and file people don't give a shit who Steve Bannon is, because he's not so out out there right. publicly. I mean, I guess you know we may have mentioned this. I forget if we did or not, but the fact of the matter is that for Trump to launch a new media empire would be very easy, because all he'd have to do is is join up with Breitbart, change Breitbart, who, you know, is named after someone who's been long dead, who's been dead right. for, what, seven years now? God, the ult the ultimate indignity for Breitbart, <laughs> for Andrew Breitbart. Imagine <laughs> that, if you will. Yeah. If suddenly they just change Breitbart to Trump, and yeah. then it just yeah. becomes... Just ima imagine that, if that's Breitbart's legacy, his whole f***ing operation gets upended by the very piece of he helped give birth to right and it, and i don't know if you saw this story but apparently steve bannon has been saying that he's been running the trump campaign since before he was announced as as the campaign ceo that that steve bannon has basically been running the campaign from the beginning but just in a ghost sort of a, 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 a like an angel investor kind of way Fucking a, svengali a ghost writer kind of yeah exactly and he's been behind the scenes pulling the strings so in that regard, since Donald Trump has been working with Steve Bannon so closely and the Breitbart crowd is very much uh, 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 Donald Trump's base, 
it makes perfect sense to launch a media empire off of that base because it's all built in right there. I mean, can you imagine the mailing list that Breitbart has, the yeah. the, the email list? It's got to be enormous. It's got to be millions upon millions of people that Donald Trump can use as a springboard. So that, that becomes the online presence. He does a, because uh, anyone can start a fucking cable network anymore. It's not, it's not brain surgery to start a cable network. So you can start a cable network. You can start a YouTube channel. Plus, the uh, Trump TV has already started on Facebook. They've, have yep. you seen the videos they've started? Oh, yeah. Here it comes. Looks like they've been done. Uh, they've been shot at like the AV lounge at a library. Yep. <laughs> like a local library. It's. Uh, you know, it's it's basically Trump's advisors all sitting around a table talking about how great the campaign is. Exactly. Main, mainly because you don't want to uh, hear because because the the mainstream media is lying to you. We're the only ones you can trust. Uh, correction: the lamestream media. I'm sorry, the lamestream. <laughs> the lamestream media. In fact, they referred to it as the lamestream oh, media. For God's sake. So it's uh yeah. So they've started this whole thing. Donald Trump advisor Cliff Sims launched the inaugural episode of a nightly Facebook Live broadcast by promising to give viewers the message straight from the campaign. You don't have to take it through the media filter and all the spin that they put on it, Sims right. said. Right. God, God, the idea that people would, that anybody would tune into that, the idea that anybody would, you know, log on or whatever, or sit there and, and, and freaking watch that stream. That, yeah. that to me is just insane. It, it's basically saying, look, we're going to give you propaganda yeah. because we're going to tell you exactly what we want you, we, we want to tell you. Well, and when, when have we seen this before? We saw this with Sarah Palin. Sarah sure. Palin tried to start her own channel and it failed miserably. She couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, it was really, it was really fun to watch, uh, Jeff Gaspin and, uh, and, <laughs> freaking john klein fail at that lose all that money I, yeah i enjoyed i really Absolutely. enjoyed that yeah i mean i never tried to uh begrudge jeff gaspin because he gave me my first tv show uh on vh1 but regardless he still went on to work with sarah palin so that's kind of a yes. and, and klein's and klein's a dickhole who ran cnn to the ground right but i mean i think the concern i mean we have lots of fun talking about this crap but i mean the big concern is that uh suddenly every candidate every interest group gets their own tv channel and then yep. all of their people are only watching that tv channel right. or Exa that exactly so that there is no truth anymore yeah it's, there is nothing but propaganda that's all it is yeah and it goes back to your friend's theory about narrow casting about yeah. you know pinpointing an audience and merely broadcasting that audience and not welcoming other people from the outside in to, to hear your opposing view or right. making it making the show in a way and and of course we may be guilty of this i don't know because i don't I, you know i don't target a specific audience with this show i promote it you know in public so um in that regard i think there's a danger insofar as everyone creating their own version of the news and again uh, going back to what we talked about on thursday I'm encouraged by the idea of uh, of Barack Obama maybe being part and parcel of bringing in some form of curation of the facts. I like that. And of course, it can't be him personally, but certainly he can launch it with maybe some sort of uh, bipartisan independent media group that you know sort of becomes the purveyor of of what everyone agrees upon as being true. And yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's possible. I mean, you bring in Politica, PolitiFact, you bring in uh, factcheck.org, you bring in some of those people, and uh, and you make make sure that it's bipartisan down the line. And weirdly, you end up finding out that, as Stephen Colbert always says, reality has a well-known liberal bias. So in that regard, it can never, you know, I just, on the other hand, it can never really succeed because the right... If, 
if it turns out that more facts have a left-leaning point of view or, or fall on the, the left end of the spectrum or somehow confirm liberal policy and doctrine, then the right people will just freak out and they'll say there's bias here. So I mean, you're never gonna you're never gonna win, but to me, you at least gotta try. Someone's gotta effing try. And uh, you know, I mean, again, I think that like places like Media Matters have tried in terms of the news, and of course, they just get pegged as a liberal organization because that's how people think now. Yep. Again, there's no truth. There's just whatever the party, you know, whatever the movement says is true. And I really believe that there's an opportunity to uh, for the uh, the normals on the left and the normals on the right to get together. And, and try to rebalance everything that's going on. Not balance in terms of creating some sort of false equivalence or whatever, but, but to simply uh, lock back into place the idea of decorum and, and presenting yourself in a, in a presidential way when you're running for president, when you're running a campaign, uh, to, to find out some agreed-upon set of facts, all of these things, because I think we all agree... The reasonable people on the left, the reasonable people on the right, all agree that Trump is an existential danger and that there's going to be many, many more Trumps unless something is done now to solve that problem, to close that gaping loophole in the system. All right, the uh, postmortem show is coming up next to patreon.com slash Bob and Joe. Support the show over there, and uh, we'll continue on with more talk on the postmortem show. Bye-bye, folks.